0: Thank you for downloading this weekend sermon from Bangalore Revival Center. Our desire is to see you grow in your love and pursuit of God, causing you to become a channel of His love and grace to the people around you. now let's listen to the Word of God. praise God It was a beautiful time of worship and we had amazing uh, sorry uh, testimonies from people we heard uh, God was faithful in the lives of people. He was fulfilling the promises which he had given to his children. I just want to uh, say something and I want to quote something which, uh, which happened in the worship. He said uh, and we discuss all this time God is a gentleman. How many of you know that? Hallelujah. Say hallelujah louder. Hallelujah! God is a gentleman. Hallelujah. Can you say it? God is, God is a gentleman. If you want it you receive it. Okay, he never forces anyone, or he never pleases anyone. He never comes to you and says, please take it, please take it. If you want it, you receive it. Hallelujah. Without wasting much time, I want to get into the word. It is so profound and so powerful. It is only the word of God that can change the lives of people. It is only the word of God that can transform the lives of people. Hallelujah. So, before getting into the word, I will just say a word of prayer. Let's all close our eyes. and Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful time. Lord, as I'm going to release your word, let me be just a voice, as John said. Cover me by your glory, Lord. All the credits, glory, honor, and be to your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please be receptive to whatever the word that is coming. As she said, please don't look at me as a friend, or please don't look at me as a pastor, but see as Jesus is speaking to you, as the word is coming directly to you from the Bible. Today, uh, can we go to the first slide? Yes, it's there. Today, we're going to be learning from the book of Philemon. It it is a book, uh, it is an epistle written by Paul. He writes this to a person named Philemon. And here, we have the title called Onesimus, which means in in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, when when Paul was writing this letter to Philemon, the meaning of Onesimus, uh, if you could like Google or if you want to just know, it means slaves. It was, the meaning was slaves but later it changed something else. I will tell you what is that and what it changed to. So please be uh, careful of whatever I'm speaking here because the first half of the sermon will be reflective to the second half of it. And we'll be learning from three scriptures or three books today. One is Philemon, one is Galatians, and one is Romans. So this is the title of Onesimus, which means slave and later it becomes no longer slaves to sin, but it is useful. So the second slide, as it says, um, we'll be be discussing two topics in the book of Philemon, which is uh, change in a relationship and knowing oneself. This becomes so profound and so powerful uh, where uh, here a transition happens, here a change happens in a person's life. You know, Uh, he was a slave, uh, and he becomes a child of God. He was a slave and he becomes a brother to someone and that is the topic a change in relationship And the second topic in today's sermon is knowing oneself uh, uh, Knowing oneself and knowing about yourselves is the second topic in the book of Philemon. So here I want to give uh, a small background on the book of Philemon where uh, what happens and why Paul writes to this As we remember, Pastor John Joseph, once he quoted and he said, when you interpret a scripture, when you interpret an epistle from the Bible, just ask three questions or four questions before it. Why he writes this letter, to whom he writes this letter, and from where he writes this letter, and several questions. So here I want to get into that. Uh, A small background for you, so you can understand, so that it will not be out of context. It will be easy for us to understand why he writes this uh, uh, this letter to Philemon. So here we go. Paul is an is an apostle and uh, we we know that he's in prison. He's in jail for the sake of gospel. He says in the book that he is being prison or he's being chained because of the gospel. And from the prison he writes it to a person called Philemon. What's his name? His name is Philemon. And uh, during that time during that period where uh, Paul was writing this letter. Slavery was not a big deal. Now we call it slavery as a as a social evil or something that is evil in our sight, and we have even laws and rules that is abolishing the uh, you know the social evil. But during those period of time, uh, slavery was not a evil thing. And that is why Paul says in his Bible, uh, please be, you know surrender to your masters or be obedient to the masters. Slaves be obedient to the masters. So we can understand there are slaves during that time and uh, there is a slave. Uh, it's, there's different views for a slave, the name of Onesimus as we mentioned there. Onesimus, it can be mean as a person or it can be the meaning of, of that name. Onesimus means slave and that can be a person or that can be the meaning. So, uh, the Philemon, he, he, had a, uh, he had a slave in his house, he was very rich. And Philemon, there was a church that was happening in the house of Philemon. And Paul was part of that church. Uh, Paul and many, uh, many of the believers, uh, his sister, Achypias, and so many people were part of the church of uh, Philemon. And when Philemon had a slave named Onesimus, he made a theft in the house of Philemon. He, st- he stole something and he ran away from the house of Philemon. Because during that time, if, if a slave does any wrong to the master, they have all the rights to kill. They have all the rights to behead that was the rule or that was the practice during that time so getting scared that he'll be beheaded he ran to a place and uh, there's a different view that says uh, he was in the prison because he stole something and in the prison he meets an amazing man of god do you know who's that he meets paul there and we see in the scriptures that paul paul says and he quotes to philemon that he has become my son during this period, he meets uh, Philemon, uh, Onesimus meets Paul there, and he is changed. He was a slave before, but he has become a. He has become a servant of God now. He has become a brother to Philemon, to whom he was a servant, and he was a slave before to Philemon, and now he has become the son of God. This is the background, and Paul is doing ministry even inside the prison. He is writing a letter to Philemon and the, the letter is being sent to Philemon through Onesimus. Who was Onesimus? He was a servant. He was a slave to, uh, to Philemon. And Paul himself writes with his own hand and says, give this letter to Philemon. And he writes with a lot of greetings. You can, you can see that's, that's actually like a formal letter that we write today. you will see the from address, you will see the to address, the date, uh, I mean, the time when he writes and he sends his greetings and he sends this letter to philemon saying please accept your brother who's 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 the brother now for philemon who was he before why is he writing there has been a transformation there has been a change in relationship you see the you see the topic being like uh, you 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 see that right that is being addressed the topic which i told you a change in relationship has been addressed in the prison He's being changed as a brother to Philemon when he was in prison and Paul writes it to Philemon and says, Accept him as your brother. Uh, he will be more useful. He will be more better in the ministry. He says uh, he, was, he was no longer useful uh, like we see uh, in the title. He was, he was useless once but now he has become useful and he says he will work more better than me. That's the you know uh, that's the introduction that he gives to Onesimus. That means a major shift has happened in the life of Onesimus. Hallelujah. That is the background of the book, and now we're going to get into another another scripture from the book of Galatians. Can you go to the slide? Here we see uh, this. He writes this letter even before uh, even before writing Philemon and this is dated uh, way earlier than writing to Philemon. And he says says in this context where there is a conflict, there is a contradictory between the Jews and the Gentiles. During that time, that was the early Christianity where Christianity just began and people doesn't know what to do and there were no proper leaders. And it was during that time Paul writes this letter to Galatians. Galatians is written to a place or a church in a place called Galatia. The previous book which we just learnt was Philemon, which he writes to a person, but this letter, this book, it, this becomes a letter to a church. And he writes to the people, he writes to the leader, says, let there be no contradictory. And it was during that time, Peter was ministering in the church in Galicia. And he says to Peter, uh, and, and there are a lot of uh, controversies that's happening because Peter is saying it is only by law that you can attain or achieve the Spirit and Paul is saying it is only through grace and it is only through grace that you can attain the Spirit or achieve this Holy Spirit in you. And there is confusion and there is contradictory in their mind, they don't know what to do because they are Gentiles, they do not know what these people are talking about. And in this context he writes to the church in Galicia, he says that, Um, You know, uh, I want to read something from here. Paul is principally concerned with the controversy surrounding Gentile Christians and the Mosaic law during the Apostolic age. A controversy between Jews and the Gentiles. They had a controversy by saying it is only by law and Paul says it is only by grace. And these people are confused what to believe because two different leaders are coming to the church and talking two different things. They do not know which to believe and in this context he writes to Galatians if you could uh, go through uh, Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 to 28, uh, here we see abolition of slavery. Slavery is being still practiced in, in Galatia. It is very prominent in, even in Galatia. It is, it is you know, spread over all those places. Even in the Old Testament, we see the the practice of slavery. Uh, if you want a scripture reference where, uh, uh, where slavery is being practiced, we could see this uh, in the during the time of Jubilee, like 50th year in Israel, it's, it is written in Bible which says release the slaves. But even if they want to work again, let them come back and work again. That we can see that right, the slavery is being practiced even in the Old Testament. So it's it's nothing big for them. Slavery is nothing big for the people who are living there in Galicia, and that is where Paul is abolishing completely the practice of slavery. He says there is no more Jew there is no more greek there is no more female there is no more male there is no more slaves nor masters in christ we are all one what we see here we he's abolishing completely the practice of slavery all these people these days they were blinded they didn't know what it was happening. They didn't know slavery. Yes, they believed and they were practicing it. But Paul is completely abolishing this practice of slavery in Galatia. That is the second scripture portion that we could read from the book of Galatians. And uh, if you could read uh, in the scriptures, if you could all focus there, it says, So in Christ Jesus, you're all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. Neither slave nor free, nor there is male or, and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And that is what he says. For we are all one in Christ Jesus because we are all believed, we have put our faith in Christ Jesus, and we have baptized, for there is no more slavery. And he abolishes this at this point in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 and 28. Now, if you go, go, through the, go to the next slide, we, we will see it here who we are. You remember the topic which I told you we'll be studying two topics today from the book of uh, these three books. One is knowing ourselves and a change in relationship. The first thing which we saw was change in relationship that happened in in the life of Onesimus and knowing oneself is the second topic that I'll be preaching or that is what the God has put in my heart to share. This is very important and this is very profound If if somebody misses out this. It can even go to the extent of losing their life. People end their lives because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know why they're on this planet Earth. They don't know why, uh, why they're created, what are they doing. You know, so that is why, you know, it's more important to know who we are. Knowing oneself is very important. And knowing yourself is not by seeing, you know. You can know yourself by seeing yourself. Like, I'm doing this work, I'm, I'm a servant of God, or I'm a driver. I drive a car so I'm a driver so by looking at your lives you can say something about yourself but knowing oneself through the view of Christ is more important knowing oneself knowing yourself through the eyes of Christ is more important because we see here in 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 the book of Galatians chapter 4 verse 7 and in the book of Romans chapter 6 verse 6 can you go to the Romans chapter 6 verse 6 he says no longer slaves there if you want to know what is a slave, I just tried to Google and it says, slave is unable to withdraw unilaterally from such an arrangement and works without rememoration. He cannot withdraw himself. If he's once a slave to a master, he has to be a slave entire life. He has, he has nothing in his life to pose or he cannot pose his opinion you know, to the master. Whatever the master says, he has to follow it. And that is what a slave means. And here we see in Romans chapter 6, verse 6 For we know that a law, uh, for an old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. What is he saying? Our old self. What is the old self which we see in the context of Israel? We just talked about that. Slavery was, was the old self. and and now it has become we have become a new creation in Christ we have been crucified with him and we have become a new creation in him and we are no longer slaves to sin and uh, can you go to Romans chapter 6 verse 16 to 22 it says we are slaves to righteousness as I told you in the first there is a change in relationship how many of you got that there is a change in relationship that is happening He was a slave to Philemon and next he became a brother to Philemon. He became a son to Paul in the prison. The same thing is happening in our lives and it needs to happen in our lives. I just want to tell a short story before getting into the concept of or the topic of knowing oneself. I read the story or I saw somewhere, I don't remember the story but I made sure that I'll paraphrase or I'll just make up the story and come up with a good moral so that will relate to the sermon. There was one small guy, I just named him Raju, so (laughs) he lived in a place and he didn't have his mother. He had his father and his father was a carpenter and Raju was a school-going child. He was, uh, he didn't have friends, so he and his dad alone. Uh, Anything that he needs to ask or share something he goes to his dad and this time his mom had left some stones in a bag you know his mom had left some stones in his bag and these people were cleaning this house mom and I mean dad and son was cleaning the house that time found uh, a sack full of stones and they were just cleaning and this guy got interested and he was fascinated by what is there in the sack and he started taking out each and every stone Then he 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 was very much interested in business even when he was in school. So he just took all the stones and kept it in front of him and asked. And he was just acting like he's a businessman or he's just telling, is representing, and he's like, Dad, come buy this. This is twenty five dollars. This is thousand dollars. He's just saying some things like this. And Dad realized that there was one particular stone which was a very precious stone, and Dad didn't reveal to the son. He said. Because the son wants to know the value and he would not believe if that stone would cost so much. So he asked the son, take all the stones, go keep it in the market and you just be quiet. Uh, you just come, uh, come home with all the stones. Do not sell any stones which I have given you, but come back with the responses what people give you. And this guy takes all the stone, he keeps it in the marketplace and people are coming, different people are coming, there are a lot of people. The crowd is coming towards the small guy because there is one precious stone that is expensive that is very precious and this small guy doesn't know what is the value of the stone he just sits there and he says this is five dollars this is 25 dollars and this is thousand dollars he's just saying and when they asked how much is this stone the precious stone he just told it's just 25 dollars because he didn't know the value of the stone and people are shocked they're like i'll give you thousand dollars this moment you just give this stone to me you're not giving this to anyone this belongs to me and then this guy got surprised because five dollars for him was a great thing. Because who? In our, in our days, you know, you think it's take stones from the streets and go sell it in the market. Who would buy that? I don't know which market does that. But this guy was surprised. What? These people are buying uh, stones for thousand dollars? What is there in the stone? He came back home with all the stones. He told, Lord, Daddy, these people are asking for thousand dollars. I was surprised. I could buy chocolates for the whole year with thousand dollars. What is this happening? Then dad sent him the next day, go and sit in the market and ask people to buy this for $25. And he sat there, he says, this is for $25, this is for $5, $1,000. another person comes to him and asks, how much is that? He says $25. And, and that person is like, I'll give you $10,000, my idea. Okay, please give that one stone to me. You can keep all the stones. I'll give you $10,000. I'll show you even the money in my wallet. I'll give you. You just give that stone to me and this guy, he started crying like why is my dad not allowing me to sell this stone because it is costing $10,000 that could meet the expense of the the family for the whole month. It could take care of their needs but dad told don't sell it. He came back home with the stone. He says, Daddy, why are you doing this? Why are you not letting me sell this stone? It's going for $10,000, Daddy then daddy says the third day he does the same thing another person comes and asks him on the third day I want this dollar for 25,000 US dollars the same stone and this guy comes he says daddy I'm gonna sell this stone today whatever you say I'm gonna sell this stone because he's giving 25,000 dollars and then daddy asks him to say in the market next day ask him for 50,000 dollars and if anyone buys it sell that to him and he goes with 50% of his heart is filled with joy because he's getting $50,000 and 50% of his heart is filled with, you know, pain because nobody would buy that for $55,000 and because that's a stone. He still doesn't know the value of the stone. I, I, he was thinking maybe people are making fun of me because I'm selling, selling stones. And they're just mocking. He goes to the market he sells it. He says, this is for $50,000. The first person who asks the price, sold, and, and the so, stone is sold, he buys it. This guy comes home with $50,000. You know, what is the moral of the story? <laughs> the kid didn't know the value of the stone. If he would have known what is the value of the stone, he would have not taken it to the market for selling it by $25 on the first day. If he would have known what is the value of the stone that his dad gave, you have not taken it to the market on the second day, selling it for thousand dollars or twenty five dollars, twenty five thousand dollars. You know that is what happening in our lives today. You and I do not know what is the value of ourselves. You and I do not know just because we are going through something in our lives, just because because we cannot see something that is happening, we are just frustrated and we are selling ourselves to the problems that is coming in our lives. You know, you remember all the pastors that comes to your church. I remember, you know, from the time I was going to Sunday school, even till this moment, at least, you know, once, one Sunday in a month, any pastor would come and say, you have a purpose in your life. You have a plan in our lives. This word has become so familiar in our lives that when someone says it, we just don't care about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, I've been hearing this, uh, this word. I know, just come up with something new. But do you know how profound that statement is? Do you know how profound and how powerful the statement, you have a purpose in your life, you have a plan in your life? The reason why we are hanging around like this, and the reason why we are com- complaining, the reason why we are, you know, you know we are we're crying out, or giving to the problems, and we are acting like children, like amateur. you know? That's the reason, because we don't know what is the real value of ourselves. The the reason why people end their lives is because they don't know the value of their lives. They don't know what is the value of their purpose. And that's why they end their lives completely. That is what is happening now. If you could could go to the statistics, the rate of suicide being increased. Because they don't know the value. And there is no one in this world who could say the value. I promise you, just because I stand here and preach the word, I'm 100% sure that I cannot tell you what is the purpose of your life. I cannot, seriously, I cannot tell you what is the purpose or what is the call in your life, why God has created you and why you are on this planet. I I cannot say this because it is between you and God. I didn't create you to say for what I created you, it is God who created you to say why He created you. So it is our responsibility to go to God and ask what is the purpose in our lives. And this comes under the topic of knowing oneself. I categorize these two topics, and I want to. We just went through Philemon, Galatians, and Romans. We see Paul is talking a lot about uh, slavery to sin. You know, if you see, i like to say we are no longer slaves to sin, but we have freedom. Hallelujah. How many of you know if you're not a slave, you are a free man? You can run, you can jump, you can fly. But whenever this word but comes, it's gone. It means it comes, with a, it comes with a rule or it comes with terms and conditions apply. But this but what I'm telling here is it comes with joy. We are no longer slaves to sin, but we are slaves to righteousness. Can you go to the slide where it says... We are no longer slaves to sin, but we are slaves to righteousness. If you could read that in Romans chapter 6, verse 16 to 22. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather known by God, that, or rather known by God, just think upon, or ponder upon that. How is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? This is the question asked by Paul. In the, in, the pre- in, the, in the past we didn't know who we were. We were blinded, we were subjects to slave, we were slavery. But here he comes with a point saying, we are no longer slave to sin, but we are slaves to righteousness. Do you, do you remember what I told about slaves? A slave does not have authority. A slave doesn't have any rights. If you could read the, t- you know, what, uh, the functions of a slave in Google, it says uh, a slave cannot raise his voice. A slave cannot uh, say his opinion. He just obeys completely to the master. And that is the definition of slave. And I'm very careful in saying we are all slaves to righteousness. Be- the reason why I say we are all slaves to righteousness is because... We are not going to do anything of our own, we are not going to raise our opinion, we don't have any rights in ourselves to say, Lord this is my opinion. But when I say we are slaves to righteousness, righteousness becomes our master and we become the slave. When righteousness is the master, it says obey to me. What does righteousness mean to you? What does righteousness mean to you? Come on, open your mouth. Be involved in this sermon. Don't, just don't make it like a theological or a, a systematic theology, a pact and you guys sit like this and listen to it. But be involved. We are learning something here. It's just not one man talking and you guys are listening. We are all learning something here and this becomes more profound in our lives. What is righteousness to you? Question yourselves within, within yourself, within, in your mind. What is righteousness to you? God. Righteousness is Jesus. We see through all the scriptures, righteousness is God. We've, and, and who are we slaves to? I just told that. Who are we? We are slaves to righteousness. It, it completely means we are slaves to Jesus Christ. And if I just told you five seconds ago that a slave doesn't have any rights. Just because we are no longer slaves to sin doesn't mean that we have all the freedom to do anything and everything that we can do. We are bound to the righteousness. We have become a slave again to righteousness. You remember the first topic, which is the change in relationship? We are not out of a relationship and we are not single here. We come from that relationship and we go to another relationship, which means we were two there. Relationship means one and one, that, is, that becomes two. And relationship here, this side, also means we become two. It doesn't mean we come from the, uh, from the relationship of slavery and sin and become single and live a life of loneliness. No, we become our, our, our slavery to righteousness. We, could, we become slaves to God. And one profound statement yesterday, as I was just preparing for the sermon, our dear uncle to me, he just told, quote something from the Old Testament. And he said, uh, and, and in the New Testament and uh, you know throughout the epistles if you would have observed Jesus saying his disciples as friends how many of you know that and we even have a famous song I am a friend of God which is derived from that place and Jesus says you are my friends that's am I am I quoting it from scriptures or I'm just making it out he says I am a friend to all of you and he says you I, I'm I'm a servant and and he washes the feet of disciples. Who is Jesus now? Jesus is the master, he is he is the he you know he's a sovereign God over this world and he calls the disciples as friends. But if you observe in in the Bible, no man has told in the Bible or written in the Bible, especially Paul, he never writes that Jesus is my friend. He never writes that Jesus is my beloved friend or beloved brother. He says, I am bound to the gospel. What does that mean? If you're bound, if you're under a bondage of something, you cannot raise your voice. And that is why Paul says, and he, he's never, you know, as I told you, he writes his letters to the churches and to the people with the from address, to address and the place where he's writing, then the, the subject, then the greetings. You see the letter format, he's not writing an informal letter there, he's writing a formal letter which means he's not writing to his friend, you know, he's not, he's not quoting anyone as his friend, he says, I am slave to the gospel, I am slave to the word of God. I am slave to righteousness. If Paul, in apostle itself, says that he is a slave, where are we in the line then? Can you just imagine? For every word that comes from here, from my mouth, it's, it's the it's the word of God. And whenever it comes to you, if it goes into your hearts, if it no goes deep into your heart, you will immediately start introspecting, and you will immediately start taking down those notes in your heart and you will start writing it in your hearts. If this word, you know, which it has changed you, you know, then it means the word has made a change in your life. The word that was preached from this podium has, made, has brought a change in your life. These are the two or uh, three topics that, um, that I came up with and God told me preach this and I got several confirmations. I was still in a doubt, Lord, what am I going to preach? you people come here with different needs and different thoughts and different expectations how am I going to address all their needs if it was a personal meeting then I would have asked what's your problem come on tell me what's your problem uh, I'll try to solve I'll try to take something from the Bible and give something but everyone are here, Lord they're all in a group what am I going to talk to them and this is what it came it, it was so powerful it is so common that we are all slaves to sin. And just because you are no longer a slave to sin, it doesn't mean that you will no longer be slaves to sin. It is in your hands to, you know, to have that position in your hands that you no longer let it happen that you will not become slave again. And that happens only when you become a slave to righteousness. If you're still in the middle, it's, this, this is how the Christian life and the cycle is. A person who accepts Jesus Christ in his life, who gets rid of his you know, sin and he comes out of the slavery of his sin, he is standing alone there and his walk with God shows that he is becoming a slave to righteousness. If that process is not happening, then you're still a slave to sin. So it is in our hands, God has made it 50 percent. He has done his work perfectly on the cross and it is our duty and responsibility to, to become a slave to righteousness. These are all uh, today's word, and I hope you're all blessed by all of this. As Paul says in the final verse, he, he posed a question there. Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? I leave you all home with the same question. Now, if you're no longer a slave to sin, you know, you know the consequences if you're a slave to sin, and you know the results if you're a slave to righteousness. Because pastors are being preaching from the word week after week. You know, you've been hearing of all these days. What will happen to you if you are a slave to sin? You, you can never raise your voice. You can never post your opinion to the sin. It's the same question to all of you. Is it, are you, are you a slave to sin or are you a slave to righteousness? Imagine this, uh, introspect in your mind. And i want to leave you all the question the word that i've preached here it shouldn't just remain in our hearts for this saturday and then next day you forget this it means you have no desire if that happens if you really have a desire to be a slave to righteousness then you will write down in your hearts this moment make it a point to you know inscript on your heart that this this word becomes so powerful that you're no longer a slave to sin but righteousness most of the people in this world are living under slavery they're still under bondage is still under blindness they do not know that slavery is a sin most of the people don't know what they're doing is a sin but you and I have a privilege and God has revealed to us that this is a sin and he has opened up blindness and it is our duty and responsibility to be a servant to righteousness and once again I, I want to just remind you that you if you need to be a slave to righteousness I'm not telling this out of force And the Bible never says it, please be a slave to righteousness. Please be a slave to righteousness. It is in your hands. It is completely by your walk. If you want to be a slave to righteousness, then walk with God. Go through that way. And may God bless us all with the sermon, the word that came. And I want to thank Bangalore Revival Center for giving me this opportunity. And I want to thank you all for watching live, whoever is watching. Hope you're all blessed. I believe this word will reach out to all those people who are living in sin. I believe this, peop- uh, this word that I've preached here will, will reach out to people who are living under the bondage and under the slavery of sin. And I want to close with a word of prayer. The worship team come forward. As I told you, just introspect what I just told you. Are you a slave to sin or are you a slave to righteousness? The question is post it. It is your time to answer. As we sing a song, the song even says, the worship team even sang the same song. I am no longer a slave to sin. I am no longer a slave to fear. But I am a child of God. Confess this out of your mouth if you are truly a child of God. We see three things. Onesimus become a brother to Philemon, he becomes a son to Paul. People in Galatians were slaves. Most of them, they had practiced slavery, but their eyes are open now and they're willing to become slaves to righteousness. We see the same in Romans, Galatians and Philemon. The reason why I took this topic and God brought me this topic, or He inspired me to say this to you, is because we are all living under the slavery of sin every day. Let the kingdom of God come. Let's become, you know, slaves to righteousness. Lord, I thank you for this beautiful night, Lord. That you help me share the word to your people and reveal to them that they are no longer slaves to sin but they are slaves to righteousness they are child they are sons and daughters of you let this word change their lives for anyone in this house who is a slave to sin and who is willing to change to a slave to righteousness open your mouths Open your hearts and start confessing saying I no longer want to be a slave to sin but a slave to righteousness. May God bless us. We hope you were refreshed and strengthened by the Word of God. If you want to know more about God or have a question you would like to ask or even a prayer request you would like to share, do connect with us at DreamingRevival.com Be our guest for one of our services here at Bangalore Revival Centre on Saturdays at 7pm or Sundays at 11am.